See, for all of you people who are listening, um, we just got done having a little dance party to that uh, little intro. Um, it might have been the derpiest dance party of all time, but here we are. Um, hi, I'm Andrew. Um, people around here call me Oob, uh, Ultra Budget Bruce. And uh, we're here to talk about some uh, cards that won't cost you very much money. <laughs> Hey, I'm uh, Marketing Ross. You can find me in the CMD Tower Discord, or if you want to hit me on Twitter, I'm at Vizardrix Vibes. I love getting into budget and budget discussions, especially on the low end, so happy to be here. And hey, guys, it's me, Mr. Commodore 5, the absolute antithesis to the word budget uh, in and out of Magic the Gathering. Uh, you can always find me at Mr. Commodore 5 on Twitter. Uh, better yet, better to follow our primary Twitter at CMD Tower as well. That's where you'll get all the updates, our streaming schedule, and all of that good stuff. And of course, welcome to a new episode of The Budget Shop, Beauty. where floor to ceiling has no meaning, and the foiling is always taco-shaped. Uh, today, we're actually going to be focusing on a very common archetype. But usually you don't see it on a budget scale with blue insert color spell slinger. So before we kind of get into what each of us think holistically of blue insert color spell slinger would be, uh, we would love you guys to check out one of our great uh, partners at abyssproxyshop.com. If you use code CMDTower, you'll get 10% off your entire order. I literally just did this for a six CMC deck challenge I'm doing because I was like, hey, I'm not buying another Ancient Tomb for $60. I'll get a playtest version for five because I already have some. Um, and I could not steal uh, Roy and Marketing Rosses that they got from the tournament a few weeks ago. So just remember, abyssproxyshop.com. Use code CMDTower when you check out. Now, Ultra Budget Brews. Talk to us about what two-color blue spell slinger really looks like to you holistically you know, when someone's trying to do it, but they kind of got to scrape those pennies. And let's be honest, Spell Slinger is not the easiest one to do that with. Yeah, I totally agree. It is actually a little more difficult than I even I had uh, imagined. Um, I I love Spell Slinger. Um, that's it's it's one of the th one of the archetypes I really enjoy playing. Um, but if you really are scraping uh, the bottom of the barrel uh, financially, uh, it can be a little more difficult. I mean, like anything, you can find stuff. It's just you're you're sacrificing efficiency or speed or instants or sorceries, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so it's uh, like when I was going through uh, my penny, nickel, diamond, quarter, I was actually having a little bit of a hard time finding like Ooh. stuff, but I mean, I did, I found, I found stuff, you know, <laughs> but um, I was like, Oh man, a lot of the stuff I was going to pick is like, Oh, it's, this is 50 cents. This is 60 cents. It was just like a lot of, even like the, you know, decent stuff. It was like, Oh, this is all at least 50 cents, which was kind of surprising sure. actually. Yeah. The, the way that I kind of look at it is Similar to how I look at the other budget challenges that we've talked about here at the budget shop, where you have to leverage what we would determine is overcosted CMC spells to be able to stay within a budget. Because there's a reason that they're, the community may say they are quote unquote overcosted, because it might be an eight drop that gets you four cards. And it's like, that's a ridiculous rate. I'm not paying that because there's tons of cards out there that I could do it for as cheap as like two or three. And uh, where I think 
blue and that second color actually come in more often than not, a lot of the legends discount instant and sorceries. Now, it may not be through an experience counter like one of our uh, legends can do. It might be burst in a turn or based on other board state facts. But actually, I feel like you can do budget spellslinger because of what the legends do. There's not a lot that are just, it's in sorcery when you cast one, it just dings a person for a damage. Or you do it and you cascade for however much. A lot of it is, hey, the next instant sorcery spell you cast costs X less to cast. And I think when you can always have that resource in your command zone, oh, it makes the budget wide open. Yeah, and one of the things that you talked about there is uh, leveraging your commander when you're going into one of these budget discussions. And so the cool thing about looking at budget cards is as sets come out, time over time, they'll print the same effect, but at a you know a steeper CMC or they'll staple something else onto it to try it. And a lot of times if you're building on a budget, if a set just released, take a close look at those commons and uncommons because they'll be under 50 cents for a lot of those and they're functional reprints most of the time. No, for sure. And the other nice thing is that as much flack as Wizards gets about printing too many products and, um, you know, having a million commander sets and not reprinting their correct cards, um, they the cards that they do reprint um, are typically under two or one or two dollars. And then those yep. things end up end up being quarters. And so, you know, we're not seeing reprints of those $10, $20 cards that, you know, no. people really want to see. But you, we are seeing the the dollars the dollar 50s just get just just turned to powder and it's <laughs> and it's wonderful it's it's a it's a great opportunity so yeah. I, I have a comment and then actually a question for you guys uh the comment is ooh but i, I you know we've been friends for a few years now uh-huh. i know when we initially got to know each other of course i'm in awe of your celebrity status oh man um, and th- now you're just the guy that needs to grow his beard back um, that's true it's the only thing i had going for me man <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious when you kind of talk about, you know, they're reprinting those dollar two dollar cards. Has that helped you in your EDH rec writing? You know, whether you're you're actively doing it now or not, because I remember you had to change your entire philosophy of how you did your article series because the cards just kept getting more expensive. And you're like, I'm kind of hand strung here. So has that actually helped you as you've been trying to think of creative ways to talk about decks? It, it, it's changed. So I, I, one, I, I wrote an article, one of the last articles, I most recent, the last articles I wrote, um, it was actually, I was looking at like, cause I started writing in like 2017. And um, so I had some, de- some decks that I had, built in 2017, 2018, around that time. And because of how they had been formatted, I didn't actually, um, I had like what the deck cost, right? Like at that time, it wasn't like a uh, dynamic output. Um, and later on, they become dy- like, became dynamic because the website improved, whatever. Um, but yeah. so I, I took four decks and I was like, ah, okay, so I built this on a budget in 2017, okay? If I wanted to build that same deck now, and it would think it was 2021, I think is what it was. How much does it cost? And it, it was like almost all of them are double or triple. Yeah. Like it was wild. But what was crazy was that a lot of it was, it was like four or five cards, like would just to the moon, you know, diamond mm. hands. We are we're okay. going to the moon, baby. And a lot <laughs> of the other ones though, they would like actually have things that either stayed the same or if they got reprinted enough, they would go down. But um, so I had, so I did 
end up having to change things because just I wanted to be able to have a, a variety of legends um, because I was also making it where the legends had to be under a dollar. And this was before uh, every set had a billion legends. legends. So uh, if I, if I went back now, I, I would, I'd be able to probably change back to a dollar, but um, for the legends also, but uh, all that to say, uh, yeah, it, it definitely has changed, but them changing how they print products and how much product they print, I think overall is a boon for uh, budget players. As long as you don't feel like you have to have the new hotness, if you can sure. have a little bit of self-control, save you, so, save you some dollar dues. The question I have for you both, and we'll start with marketing Ross. I think when people think spell slinger, they think of two things. They think of storm and they think of X spells. Um, mm-hmm. Those are usually not advantageous to a budget. So, <laughs> you know, without kind of naming specific cards, how do you think you close out games in a budget spell slinger deck? Like, what are the types of cards that the community should be looking towards? Yeah, so I, I think one of the things that you have to consider when you're building spell slinger on a budget is maybe pivoting that that mindset of what spell slinger is a little bit. And so to me, spell slinger on a budget is more like casting a spell plus. So getting some sort of incremental additional value out of that spell. So rather than looking for those giant bombs or the, you know, the thousand year storms and the things like that, that probably don't exist in the budget realm, try finding something that is maybe it cantrips and replaces the card in your hand. Maybe it uh, does an additional thing from a spell that you didn't expect. You know, we talk about those functional reprints. Sometimes they, they print a card that says the same thing, but then they add, you know, put plus one counters on your creature or, um, you know, draw a card or whatever it might be, but they put this incremental extra value. Like recently, um, Decanter of Endless Water is essentially Thought Vessel, but now it taps for color mana. Um, you have to pay one more to drop it, but you still have no maximum hand size. So just just shifting a little bit and thinking about, um, you know, doing your scryfall searches to find that effect that you're looking for. And it's not going to be exactly the same, but you'll get close. <laughs> and just remember that's better than Manolith. That's that is <laughs> accurate. Oh my gosh. Um so like I think like you said, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you said. Um Storm, like yeah, you like you said, Storm, that's probably not a great option if you're really wanting to be budget. You can kind of do it, I guess, yeah. but um it's it's tough. And is it really fun for everybody else? Eh, I don't know. Um but um I think the other one though that you said was X spells and uh friends, though that's a that's a budget thing. Uh you got your fireballs, your blazes, your comet storm is like forty cents. Fall of okay. the Titans is like a quarter. Oh, you can just you can just defense. It, it was more because this, this man exsanguinate. Yeah, well, yeah. so usually the X spells though, it's because you have some way to make infinite mana or an absurd amount of mana, and I just don't see that happening in a budget world to where you're producing. Sure. Oh, I can do X for forty this turn. I don't think that's happening. Sure, that's fair. But I mean, X for 10 or 15, you got your Danny DeVito. So anyways, I started blasting, you know, you you, you got that going on 100%. Like that's like, that's how that's typically how I most of my spell slinger decks uh, close out the game. I'm not making infinite mana. Uh, I might make a, I make make a lot, but you know, I'm just I'm just trying to burn people out of the game because it's fun. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and so I think the other thing that you can do is a little bit what uh, uh, Parking Ross touched on. Um, it can be something where you 
an effect that your spells give. Um, so a lot, and so this is probably something we'll get into, so I don't want to talk about it too much here, but um, you know, cards like Murmuring Mystic and Young Pyromancer and Metallurgic Summonings and all of those things, like those are win conditions. Like you cast a spell and it gives you a thing. It's great. Yeah, and to just touch on that and going back to your early writing days, one of the things that I think of most frequently when we talk about budget spell slinger is that early Talrand article that you wrote. Oh, really? Um, so, so for those of you who don't know what Talrand does, it's the same thing as Murmuring Mystic. Every time you cast a spell, you essentially get a Drake, a 2-2 in the air. And when you're on a budget, having an army of 2-2s in the air is a pretty efficient way to close out a game. Lethal. Yeah. Lethal. All right. <laughs> well, um, before we head over to learn about the legends that each of us picked, we would love for you guys to join the collective at patreon.com slash cmdtower, dollar, five, fifteen, twenty-five. All the tiers are there. Tons of resources. I know at our $15 and $25, you guys have opportunities to be on Bruisen Builds with me and Big Tuck or even uh, hashtag SCR, which Marketing Ross hates, but it's slinging cardboard rectangles. It is a mouthful. Uh, that's what she said. And uh, just moving on from that. But yeah, patreon.com slash Tower. Whatever you guys can do to help support us does help improve this channel. And now that we have the archetype, to be focused on but you need a legend to helm that budget deck marketing ross what legendary spoke to you for helming a blue colored spell slinger budget deck and why <laughs> okay so before i get into this i'm going to say that i chose to be a hipster a little bit because when you say uh blue plus most people probably think is it um and that's where their mind goes for spell slinger so i wanted to try something a little different um so i looked at demir and uh, there's a new legendary that gets to choose a background, uh, Gale, Waterdeep Prodigy. So Gale uh, is two colorless and a blue, legendary creature, human wizard. And he has a lot of text on his card. He says, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, you may cast up to one target card of the other type from your graveyard. If a spell cast this way from your graveyard would be put back in the graveyard, exile it instead. Choose a background. And so when we're talking about budget, uh, one of the things that is a really good thing to lean into is if you can cheat costs and, in this case, timing restrictions, you already have an advantage over uh, some of the other options there. So getting to cast a sorcery from my graveyard every time I cast an instant, we might find some value there. And then the background that we have is uh, Scion of the Halister, and that's one colorless and a black legendary enchantment background. And it says, Commander creatures you own have the first time you would draw a card each turn. Instead, look at the top two cards of your library, put one into your graveyard and the other back onto your library, Ooh. then draw a card. So the direction I took this in was Spellslinger with a sub reanimator. That's right. That was I like that. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm super jealous because that sounds really spicy. <laughs> uh i could totally see how you could make this into like a budget deck i guess i guess my question to you ross is if you were to build this in paper when you're doing the scions effect are you always going to try to put sorceries in the graveyard and keep the instance in hand so then that way you have that modality of like no matter what's happening you like always can play on other people's turns and then get those sorceries out to then board wipe or whatever you need to I think that's a good approach. Um, the other thing I would take into consideration is the CMC for these cards. So I would usually bend the high, the expensive one because you're going to get to cast it for free, essentially, um, out of your graveyard. So 
just think about like if you have a really expensive instant, you toss that into the graveyard, um, and then you later cast a cheap sorcery, uh, then you can you have a, a chance to cast that later at a later time, like when you move into the mid game, um, late game when you have more mana built up. And I'm gonna back up just a little bit. I misspoke. Um, I said for free. You don't get to cast it for free. You just get to cast it. There we go. Yeah, that that was the thing that. Uh, oh God, what was that commander? Uh, that got everyone all hot and bothered because we all thought you were just going to get to cast stuff for free. Oh, man. It was like three, four years ago. Um, and I want to say it was in a pre-con. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, the value is amazing. And everyone was like, no, you still got to cast it, bro. It's still got to cast it. Magic um, you never gets hot and bothered. I do not know what you're talking about. How, <laughs> how dare you, first of all? Well, uh, ooh, but I'm curious. Uh, which one yeah. did you pick? So I ended up going with actually the uh, the legendary that got me into Commander in the first place. It was the very first deck, deck I built. Um, it is Melek. Is it Paragon? Melek is. So I went. I went red blue. Is it is my favorite. I only allow myself typically to have ten decks at a time. At one point, uh, a full five of my decks were is it decks. Uh, I have said like that was like six months ago. I finally was like, nah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta switch it up a little bit. And so I'm down to two. But I can't. Those two of those are, are my babies, and I can't get rid of them. Let, of them let me guess. Them. One of one of the five was Locust God. Oh no, no. Oh, Locust God is is uh man. It's he's a boogeyman. It's it is. I it's too popular for me a little bit, and that's <laughs> oh you such a, you both are hipsters over here a little Gosh. bit, man a little bit. Mm. Um, but so anyways, Melik um. <laughs> He, uh, is a uh, legendary weird wizard, which is one of my favorite uh, creature types of all time. Uh, costs four, a blue and a red. Um, you get to play with the top card of your library revealed. You may cast instant sorcery spells from the top of your library. And you, whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell from your library, you copy it and you may choose new targets. Um, coming in at a cool 20 cents. Uh, pretty rad. And so one of the most popular things you could not power popular, well, popular maybe, but powerful things you can do uh, with Spellslinger is copying things and uh, copying things is typically can be kind of be a little bit expensive. Things like reverberate and twin cast and that kind of nonsense, thousand year storm, God forbid um, those get pricey. Um, so, but you can turn a lot of mediocre spells into uh, real good spells. If you're, if you're able to copy them, My, that, uh, you know, lightning strike for two coming off the top for, you know, that's, a, you know, that's a little, not, not, not nothing to, to sneeze at. So um, <laughs> that's what I picked. I picked Melek. I love Melek. He's wonderful. I mean, you also forgot the most powerful card in all of magic. You can lightning bolt for six off the top. Here's Whoa. the thing. Here's the thing. So I was, I was talking with Murphus, uh, you know, former, former host last night, we got to play a game and he, did, I guess, I don't know if him or somebody else ran the numbers, but of like all of like last year or something, um, 50%, yeah, 50% of the commanders die to lightning bolt. And it's like his hobby horse. He's like, play lightning bolt. It kills everything. And I was like, no, no, man, I don't know about no, that. No, no, no. And then I was like, mm-hmm. wait a second. And he, and he just, every time he does it, he like looks me in the eyes. Like I told you, Lightning bolt got him. <laughs> I'm like, ah! <laughs> That's so funny because I remember the very first uh, Magic Fest I ever went to uh, the Kansas City and then the Vegas one. And actually, I think they still did the promos at OKC when you uh, and I went down there, Oob. Uh, remember, it was Lightning Bolt was the promo. And I, I remember all the Commander that. players, we were like, don't want it, get rid of it. It, it was a cool four Lightning Bolt. And they made it into like a two-part playmat. 
Um, uh-huh. And I remember at one point I gave a bunch to Forest Day Two Wong, and I was like, "Hey, just give me something fair for this because I will never play this in Commander." And now look, you know, three years later, Lightning Bolt has a renaissance. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Well, what, the one. You? The one that I decided to go with, I actually stole from Marketing Ross. Uh, he just didn't know the protocol of typing, which legend we were going to uh, do in the Discord, which was strategically done by me uh, because I wasn't sure who I wanted to talk about. So I unfortunately went with Is It as well, mainly because I tried every other color pairing. I actually couldn't find any legendaries in blue and another color that had instant or sorcery in their box, and it actually cared about instant sorceries. And I didn't think to do the the background, so shame on me. But I went with Badric Astral Archmage. Colorless is it. Legendary creature, human wizard. It's a rare. It's a one-two. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as Vadric enters the battlefield. Instant sorcery spells you cast cost X less to cast for X is Vadric's power. And whenever day becomes night or vice versa, put a plus one, plus one counter on Vadric. So kind of what really attracted me to this is, A, he's low to the ground. He's a three drop uh, that's affordable. That You know, a budget deck doesn't have to ramp extremely quick. You could get this down. Turn three consistently. Turn two would be super sweet, but, you know, turn three is fine. But I think those cantrip-like spells where it's until end of turn, get plus X plus O. I think using those for mana reductions, if I can do a one drop that actually gives it plus three, well, I just got a net two benefit uh, for my next spell, and then three benefit for every spell after that. I actually think you could do a mini storm deck with this, depending on how big you can get his power in one turn and enough cantrips, and eventually your spells can start costing for free. There's not a ton, but there are colorless spells out there that you could then influence into the deck. Those just become complete free drops. Think almost Animar, Eldrazi's, or Artifacts. It allows you access to the high-costed CMC, but super money cheap cards with the reduction, because now you're able to actually go pick what we call Draft Chaft that nobody else is playing because it's a seven drop that gets you two cards and maybe bounces a creature, which is a terrible rate. But now it maybe costs blue, blue. And like, okay, that feels great. Um, and of course, me and Big Tuck, we love introducing mechanics that stick around. So like Monarch, once you introduce day and night, everyone has to deal with that nonsense. So Yuck. that was kind of my take on Badrick. Uh, what'd you guys think? So one of the things that you mentioned uh, got my wheels turning. And it was the Animar uh, Eldrazi comparison. And while we're talking in a budget, there are some spells that you could cast for free, those lessons from Strixhaven that are colorless. And casting those yep. for free wouldn't wouldn't be terrible because you can go get extra lands or draw some cards, filter through your deck. So I like it. Well, yeah. and then there's Scour from Existence, one of the more popular colorless universal removal cards. You know, Exile a Permanent. I don't know how expensive the card is, if that's seven. considered budget or not. $7? Oh, no, sorry, seven mana. No, it's oh, not very much money. 20, oh, okay. 20. It's 22 cents. It would fit in your quarter section. Okay. There you go. Nice. I think Vadric is interesting. Uh, I almost built this deck, actually. Um, but I I already have Mizzix, and it felt kind of like bad Mizzix to some extent. Um, not, that that is, not that that is a bad thing. Mizzix is hilariously powerful. And so having something that's just a little bit less powerful is not, not a bad thing. That's not a knock against it. Um, not everybody can be a uh, you know a spider mech riding fire wielding 
goblinette. It's the best. Um, I think Vadric's kind of cool, though. Like, one of the things I thought about doing is, like, trying to use crap like Titan Strength and other, like, red spells to pump its power. And then it's like, I all, like, I spend one mana and make all of my spells this turn three or four mana cheaper. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. I think that's, I think that's kind of a fun thing. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to see what you end up talking about with it. And I like the Voltron yeah, sub theme that you have there with that. Um, so, I mean, you're in blue, so you can run the Aether Tunnel, um, those types of effects, and pump his power, and then just also swing in. And one of your favorite cards, Rogue's Passage. Hey, I'll put Rogue's it in every deck. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I see what you're saying there, Oob, about Badrick just seems like worse Mizzix. But I think that argument could also be used against Kaza Royal Chaser, because actually I tried to encourage Big Tuck that, like, hey, let's let's convert a deck, you know, Mizzix to that. And that's kind of what he said is like, I feel like this is just bad Mizzix. But I, I think that's just where every spellslinger is that if you're an Yeah, Izzet, yeah. Honestly. I mean, and that's it, okay. It, it, like, yeah, it, it's kind of the ceiling, kind of like any commander other than Atraxa is just worse Atraxa for Planeswalkers. Right. Like, you can't make an argument that there's another planes, uh, another legendary better for Planeswalker Tribal, then Atraxa. I will not stand by and listen to this Drew, Jeru with eyes wide open slander <laughs> go unpunished. Come now, child. <laughs> Jesus. Who, who needs the other colors? Mono white Planeswalkers. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. exactly. Mono white, mono winning. It's, let's yeah, do this. Uh, let's just get Gideon Tribal. Those are the best Planeswalkers. They're so good. I mean, honestly, Sometimes. he can punch for a lot. <laughs> and punch for a lot well guys uh before we get over to our final section we would love for you guys to check out our great uh merch section on etsy just go to etsy.com type in cmd tower and the search bar and you're gonna find our great store uh one of marketing ross's good friends and patron member mr nance did some updated photos for us uh i believe we're gonna catch uh, marketing ross in some action poses at some point um but you guys should definitely go check it out we got Oh, yeah. It's going to be lots of flexing. It's going to be like biting cards. Uh, you know, may maybe he's going to like use his sleeves to wipe away his tears when he uh, finally gets to win a game. He doesn't get killed <laughs> early. That seems accurate. But just remember, guys, Etsy.com, CMD Tower in the search bar, whatever you could do, we'd greatly appreciate. So now let's see what each of us came up with for our legendaries uh, or on the Spellslinger archetype. And we'll each be discussing a card under a penny. A nickel, a dime, a quarter. And yes, I'm going to give myself applause. <laughs> that was so good. I'm so hungry for Mr. Good Sense. I need a meatball sub in my life <laughs> right now. I had one last week. Not a meatball sub. I, I always go the Italian, but you know. But why would you do that to yourself? It's a sandwich. You can make a sandwich at home. <laughs> it's their bread. Their bread is Fair. so good. Their bread is good. Their bread is good. I just, I hate going out to eat and eating. Ah, anyways, that's a, that's <laughs> It's another thing entirely. It's my budget life. It's 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 that's what I'm on, you know. Well, for my penny, we are definitely on that budget life with a great card for this Vidric kind of design in Sure Strike. So this is okay. from Val. It's a colorless red instant. It's a common for a penny. Target creature gets plus three plus oh. Boom. We just netted a mana because now our commander got an additional three, but it also gains first strike until end of turn. So I see this card being very modal for us to where if it's like, oh my gosh, I got the reduction. I can do something crazy now. Do it in my main phase. But I also see it being tricksy, especially when you go into combat and it's like, oh, 
Ross is coming in with this one two. Well, like he thinks I won't just, you know, trade one of my one ones and like I'll throw another one one in there just so we kill it, just to be done with it. It's like, okay, sure strike. It's plus three until the end of the turn. I'm gonna kill both your tokens. And now in second main phase, my spells cost four. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, it'll be four less to cast. Um, or it could even be five if when you brought him in, it became day and he got the plus one counter. So how do you guys feel about sure strike? I like the uh, like I said uh, that like I like the spe- the cost reduction. The uh, blowing somebody out with a combat trick makes me feel like I'm playing limited, which is <laughs> not a bad thing. You get to just you know you know get get that blowout. Granted, I don't know who is blocking your one two when you're swinging in with them. You're like, <laughs> but <Look out. laughs> uh, I, I like the idea. Yeah, I I like the initial application a lot. The uh... I'm with I'm with Andrew. The the secondary sweaty combat trick makes me smile, but I like where your head is. Oh, when you get well, it, you get to like shout something like "fool of a took" and then like kill their dude and <laughs> flick it off into, and <laughs> you know. Well, my nickel one, I think you guys will like even more. So it's a counter spell in syncopate, but I love the X mechanic of it. So it's X blue instant counter target spell unless its controller pays X. If that spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into his owner's graveyard. Well, this is literally just a single blue counter spell for us. Because worst case, literal worst case scenario, they got to pay one. I mean, that's just our commander's power is one. So minimum, they're going to have to do it. And so you go ahead. And so if you needed to, go ahead and use your combat trick card to make it cost three less. And then it's actually, oh, X is four. You got to pay four for that spell. So I feel like this is a funner way to play counter magic in Is It without just playing generic old counter spell. Yeah, and that the the you'd be surprised how often the exile comes up. Uh, everybody and their brother is using the graveyard these days, and uh, is not irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. the, the like, deck, like <laughs> the deck that I'm going to build <laughs> would be quite sad. Exactly, exactly like that. Yes, I had no yes. Shocking. <laughs> so weird. Well, my dime card, I thought, was a very cool way to win games. Because one of the other ways that you can get in Spellslinger ways to win is you get a big board state of tokens. Like, surprisingly, a lot of Spellslinger cards create, like, four fours and five fives, But usually, they cost, like, seven mana, eight mana. Well, I think Call the Skybreaker is really, really cool in this deck. It's five colorless, hybrid is it, hybrid is it, sorcery. Create a 5-5 blue and red elemental creature token with flying, but it does have retrace. So you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land in addition to paying its other costs. So depending on what you have, in theory, you could pay four mana in any combination of visit and get to cast this twice in a turn. And then by the time it gets to your next turn, you'll probably have drawn another land because I do see budget decks running more than the typical number of lands because you just got to make sure that your your lands are smooth. So I feel like Call the Skybreaker is kind of my win con, per se, in this build. I mean, t- yeah. what you're talking about with 10, 10 power in the air is is nothing to sneeze at outside of a budget deck. So, I mean, people mm-hmm. talk about like Ur-Dragon Ur- all, all the time, things like that. That much power in the air is scary. Knocking people out. Yeah, I love it. So it's a good card. All right, my quarter, and I got it by literally a penny. The cheapest copy is 24 cents. Thank you, Forgotten Realms Commander, uh, because it wouldn't work for this, because the next cheapest one's 26 cents, and I would have held myself to it. 
But uh, can I get Apex of Power, anyone? I feel like that would be good to cast for red, red, red. Oh my god, I love Uh, this card so much. (laughs) It's a sorcery. Uh, It costs seven colorless, trip red. It's a mythic. As I desire, so it shall be. Nickel Bolas, I had to read your quote, man, because with this card, we get to exile the top seven of our library until end of turn, we may cast spells from among them, and then if this spell was cast from our hand, add 10 mana of any one color. So so let me get this straight. Most likely, let's just say the floor for us actually casting this, we're probably casting it for five. It's probably red, 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 two colorless. You're probably getting at least a five reduction. The seven reduction might be a little ridiculous. You're probably going to get five. So five mana, we're getting seven cards exiled off the top that we can cast this turn. Then we're getting 10 additional mana of any one color put into our mana pool, probably going to pick blue, and then just go to town. Um, I see this as a big daddy blowout card, and I just, I get so, because this card reads terrible, because it basically says, you put 10 into it, we're going to give you 10 back, and then seven of your cards are exiled. But if you can put five into it, and then still get the 10 back. We've now doubled the amount of mana we have. And now we're at seven cards, which a lot of those are probably instant sorceries. And now they even cost less. Totally agree. Any any kind of spell, any kind of cost reduction on it, it's great. Um, but honestly, even if you are casting it for full price, which you're like you said, you're not going to do very often. Um, you draw seven cards, get 10 mana, get all your mana back. That's, uh, you're you're going to do some things. You're gonna pretty good value. You're gonna make some things happen, and it's gonna be pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. It's like a, almost a storm card. Almost. 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 It's close. Um, well, marketing Ross, why don't you walk us through your penny, nickel, dime, and quarter for uh, your hipster background? Hipster background. Got it. Um, so background. the the first one that I'll talk about is a penny. Um, and one of the things that I talked about when we were leading into this is looking for that spell plus. So finding. A spell that does the thing that you want, and then and then some. And so, one of the things that you want to do in Spell Slinger is a bit of control. And so, for one penny from Innistrad, uh, is Chill of the Grave. Costs two colorless and a blue. Uh, it costs one less if you happen to control a zombie. And it reads tap target creature. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So you can. And then the next line of text is draw a card. So being an instant with the background that we have. I get to filter two cards off the top if I, um, you know, would draw a card. And then I also lock down a, a troublesome creature. I like that. I've never heard of this card. This is awesome. Yeah, I didn't know it existed. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think this is kind of the, the cool thing when people actually challenge themselves with like a budget mindset is you find these kind of weird off cards where it's like, well, I could see maybe why I just would have glanced over it because three mana for tap draw card. Ah, all right, I'm, I'm going to move past it. But like you could get a reduction. Zombie tokens are all over the place. But especially in Spellslinger, I mean, that's that's pretty decent value. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on up to the nickel. Um, this is a uh, came out of Zendikar Rising, but it also was reprinted recently in the Battle for Baldur's Gate. And the cheapest copy is three cents. It is Thwart the Grave. And so it costs four colorless and black black. It's a sorcery. And it says this spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Uh, Gale happens to be a wizard. So this, in general, will usually cost five mana. And the, the effect of the spell is return target creature card and up to one target cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard creature from the graveyard to the battlefield. 
So for five mana, I get to bring two creatures back to the battlefield. That's hot. I, I remember <laughs> playing this a bunch in Limited. I actually played a fair that's amount of Zendikar Rising. That's, that's hot. Love it. Yeah, yeah uh, people... I, I really like this. This was actually one, uh, Marky Ross, I don't know if you recall, we actually l looked at this for the uh, six CMC tribal deck. Yep. Um, but we just, we, we didn't, I don't think we ever had enough cleric rogues or warriors for it to make sense or a way to copy it or do anything ridiculous. But no, that that's cool, man. Uh, I, I do think people need to start looking at the creature types of their commanders and looking at these party cards just because it's like the normal cost is bad, but like how much do you need it reduced to make it actually really good? Because let's all be honest, this card yeah. for two is busted. Even three or four, though, it's like, okay, I, I could see that. It's pretty strong. And that first creature you bring back doesn't have to match a party type. So it could be the, you yep. know, the primordial of the world or whatever you want to grab. So for sure. Love it. All right. Uh, moving on up to the dime. Uh, we're going to work in some counter magic now with a sinister, sinister sabotage. So that's one colorless blue, blue, mm. and it reads counter target spell and then surveil one. And so, essentially, this is that spell plus again. I get to counter something, and then I get to filter the top of my deck again. That's a home run in this deck. I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, I think you would almost have... To, I don't know. Would you, Would you for this build, Ross, do more surveil instead of draw? Just like, would you rather surveil than pure draw? I almost feel like you would, right? Yes and no. Um, it's, a, it's a super powerful effect in this build, but I'm essentially doing it every time I draw the first time each turn anyway. So sure. the first card I get to look at two, bin one. But yeah, Surveil is a super powerful uh, mechanic in this build. I love that. All right, last one is the quarter. Um, and this is originally from Commander 2014, and they recently reprinted it in Commander 2021. And it is Infernal Offering. Uh, so it's four colorless and a black, it's sorcery. Choose an opponent. You and that mm. player each sacrifice a creature. Each player who sacrificed creature gets to draw two cards. Then choose an opponent. Return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Then that player returns a creature card from their graveyard to the battlefield. And if I'm running up against two other spell slingers here, the chance of them having a potent creature in their graveyard might be slim. Yeah, no, that's a... All the offerings are really cool cards. Um, the black one is not one I see very often. Um, I play the I play the red one because it's it's wonderful. But uh, this is this is great. I love it. Yeah, and the thing I like about it is the order of which Wizard smartly uh, did the card, because if it had been reversed, you'd have to return a creature, then sack a creature, which I don't know. I mean, some people, I guess, would really be into that. Um, <laughs> I like the fact, though, that you could technically, as the controller of the spell, bring back the creature you just sacrificed. So if literally you're doing true spell slinger and you don't have a lot of creatures, this could be like a, a cool way to, you know what, I'm going to draw a couple cards and I'll get my commander back anyways, so it's no big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if you have a creature on board that has a powerful ETB, um, you can make use of that too. Mm -hmm. Huh. This is this is a this is an interesting deck. I huh. <laughs> I like this. This is this is got my wheels turning a little bit. I like it. I'm I'm glad I impressed the master of budget. <laughs> oh man. If only he was the master if of only I was the master of anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Ripperoni, totally metal Anyways. man. Uh, well, Oob, help close us out in this great budget yeah. discussion with Spell Slinger. Talk through your penny nickel dime quarter. Surely. So, um, this is possibly my favorite card printed in like the last 
two years, uh, which is saying something. And it's my penny. Um, it is F- Explosion of Riches. It's from Commander Legends. Um, it is a five and a red sorcery. And you draw a card. And then each other player may draw a card. Whenever a card is drawn this way, Explosion of Riches deals five damage to target opponent chosen at random from your opponents. So, uh, you for sure are getting to dome somebody for five. And let, let me tell you, if you cannot convince your opponents to draw a card for a 67% chance to hit one of their opponents for five damage, you are very bad at convincing people of things. <laughs> like, and all it takes is one person. If one person says like, yeah, you know what? What the hell? I'll take, I'll take the card. Everybody else has taken the card too. Almost guarantee it. Unless somebody's at like five life. Yep. And, you know, well, whatever. Then then you still might get them with your little your little five. Also, uh double casting this, or God forbid triple casting that this or something like that, you get into some really fun uh fun moments. It's I love this card uh a lot. I wrote think? this down just in case I build Yedric uh Vedric at some point because I would love to cast this card for just a single red. That feels real good. Absolutely. Combo, is it is it uh is it safe to say outside of a budget build you would never run this card? Oh absolutely never. <laughs> God, <laughs> I, no. I have this I have this in like my high powered Mizzix deck. Like it's like high powered except for a couple pet cards and this is one of them. I also have this into a in a deck with Surge to Victory so that I can Ooh. uh my actual Melek deck has this in Surge to Victory in it, so because it's a token deck, oh, and so okay. gives everything well, a plus six, <laughs> plus O, and then when God forbid they hit, I cast it a million times. It's just like ah, it's great. Uh, I love Explosion of Riches; it's so much fun. Um, okay, my nickel is actually one that I used to play a lot back in the day, mostly when I did uh, a lot of that, you know, sixty-seven card casual kind of nonsense with my friends um, before we discovered EDH. Um, This is Essence Backlash. It is Mm. two, a blue and a red. It's a common from Return to Ravnica. It's an instant. It says counter target creature spell. Essence Backlash deals damage equal to that spell's power to its controller. So depending on what kind of stuff you're countering, this is, it, it can be a kill spell. Like, is it you're hitting people with whatever their power is? I mean, you know, if you're just countering somebody's commander for, you know, four mana and you're nugging them for five, you know, something like that. Or if they're casting something like, I don't know, an Eldrazi or a Malignus, God forbid, where it's like, aha, I <laughs> nug you for 20. You know, um, <laughs> it's it can do things. I don't love the restriction, um, but I think it is an interesting spell for sure. Yeah, only being able to counter uh, creature spells sometimes doesn't feel great, but uh, when you get to pull it off, that's one of those internal victories that you can't you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, and the only thing I would say to that is this is once again a card that gives you counter action, but it's not a universal counter spell, which is like the one thing when people are like, "Oh, why are people mad at me?" Like me, like, "Why does everyone kill me quick?" And it's like, "Well, asshole, you play most of the good counter spells. But we don't want to deal with it all game." So, you know, when you start to introduce cards into your into your decks like Essence Backlash, it's like, "Yeah, I got counter magic. Hopefully I have that card in hand and it's a creature on the stack that I actually care about and I have four mana." It, it just kind of gives you these additional hurdles to jump, and I think that actually makes you less of a target. 
even though this card's insanely strong if you counter the right creature spell, when people see that you're running this in your decks, it's like, oh, well, he doesn't have Force of Will and Counter Spell and Disallow and all this other BS in there. That is true. Yeah. The, the politics of budget decks can be very nice. I like it. Um, so my dime is very much more, it's much more of a, just a bread and butter card, to be honest. It's not, I feel like, uh, essence backlash, little sketchy, but cool explosion of riches. I don't care if anybody says it's sketchy, it's a fun card and I, and I love it and I will defend it to my death. Um, this one is just, like I said, much more just kind of chill, um, secrets of the golden city. It is one blue, blue sorcery. It has Ascend, so that's uh, if you control 10 or more permanents, you have the City's Blessing. Um, and so it's draw two cards, uh, but if you have the City's Blessing, you draw three instead. This card is actually pretty good. Um, you don't love Divination. Divination, three, three mana and a card for two cards is not great. Um, three mana for three cards is significantly better i don't know it just feels so much better than just divination um which that sounds like a stupid comment but really like <laughs> it's just like oh i traded one card for three cards that's a plus 50 percent output it it's great um i like this one a lot personally what do you guys think well i like ascend because we're in commander uh, if you don't have 10 permanents at some point in the game you're yeah. playing the game the wrong way <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just not, it's really not easy. It's really not hard. Um, and so the fact that, especially in your build, Oob, it's like you're probably casting that for three off the top and getting six oh, cards yeah. feels even better. Oh my gosh. Because oh. this card is right up my alley because I've just had this whole thing. I pay a mana to draw a card, one mana to one card. Don't tell me 1.25 mana for one card. I don't want to hear it. It's one mana, one card. And if I can get less than one mana per card, that's even better. So. Yeah, it definitely, that's, I think, I, I, I totally agree with that. I like it. Yeah, no, that was the only comment I was um, going to add is copying this is just chef's kiss. <laughs> it really, really is. Um, and I think one of the things with uh, budget decks that is, I think, or just decks in general, honestly, if you don't want to do things like tutors, um, but you still want a deck to feel a little more consistent, like you'd has tutors, um, Man, just get some cheap card draw, and this is, is exactly what this is. Smooths it out, smooths your whole gameplay out, um, and so it, I think it's good. Uh, my quarter is um, it's an interesting one. Um, so I didn't know this was a quarter. I thought it was going to be more expensive. I looked it up on a lark um, because it's a card I enjoy a lot. Um, Double Vision. It is, really? Uh huh. It got reprinted. Uh, let me let me double check. Wow. Uh, got double. It got reprinted in New Capenna uh, Commander set. So double vision is three two red for an enchantment. Um, whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn, copy that spell and you may choose new targets. Um, so like I said, copying spells can be kind of expensive to be honest, like monetarily, mm -hmm. um, just because it's a very popular, powerful thing to do. Double vision is rad because you get to pick the first one, you get to copy it. In every single turn, um, so say you're you know you're countering somebody's spell on their turn, you're getting to copy it because you know ostensibly it's your first spell. Um, also, the, the the hard part with these is there are a lot of creatures and enchantments that do really cool things um, with spells. Whenever you cast a spell, do this or or make your spells cheaper and all that kind of thing. But you can you have to be really judicious because otherwise you end up at a point where 
you have all of these cool things if a spell happens and then you have your deck is just full of cool things if a spell happens and then like 10 spells and it's like <laughs> oops i don't have anything to trigger all this cool stuff um and i think so i have to be really judicious um with with what you pick and double vision i think is one of the better ones uh i mean you can actually get a copy of this for 20 cents from core 21 um yep. so i guess them reprinting a new capenna dropped i mean everything uh this is a very powerful effect um and it's definitely one that i think the table eyeballs you like oh you played that but then once they read it i actually think the table's usually okay because you do only get it once if it was just every instant sorcery spell you cast, you get to copy it, then, you know, yeah, die. But it's only <laughs> your first one. So, yes, on the opponent's turns, it's kind of just like, well, every spell you're probably doing is your first spell. But actually, I do think this is where you have to be a good magic player on your own turn. Because it's like, okay, I can only cast one to get my double effect. When do I want to do it? When do I break the seal and get my extra? And am I going to regret it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it kind of makes me think of like a Vile Smasher build where you want to be very careful about the first spell that you cast. So, you know, typically mm-hmm. you, you draw a soul ring, I'm going to drop soul ring. But in a Vile Smasher build, you're like, whoops, I pinged for one. Um, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I had no idea Double Vision had dropped uh, to under a quarter. That's awesome. Uh, it's a slam dunk conclusion here. Get that triple cast off the top of your deck, baby. Get it. Well, guys. Thanks for visiting our humble budget shop. And this is Mr. Comet number five saying thanks for stopping by. This is Andrew uh, signing out. And this is Marketing Ross. Stay classy.